What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness Food and Freedom Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And in today's show, I'm talking a little bit about training. I'm talking a little about a little bit about um, where I've been the last week and some lessons that we can learn from that. Um, thank you for joining me for today's show, and thank you for being a loyal listener of the Fitness Food and Freedom Podcast. If you like the show, um, you know, this show is a lot of solo episodes. There's a lot of Q&As. I've done interviews in the past. I, I like doing the interviews. Um, it's fun. It's a new perspective on things. It gets more opinions and more um, different people's messages out to you guys, which I like. However, my bread and butter, the thing that I built this podcast on and why I do it and why I really enjoy it is just kind of talking, ranting, documenting about a certain subject that I'm interested in and that I'm thinking about. So the solo Q&A type episodes are what I really enjoy doing, what I've been doing the most of. So uh, that's really what this show is about, and I appreciate you guys listening in and being being supportive of it and eating it up, really. You know, it's pretty cool to see certain episodes perform better than others. It's cool to see some not perform well, to be honest, because that tells me a lot about what you guys are interested in what you guys like and you know you you do like practical tips you do like q and a's and you do like uh some stories about me as well so um i'm gonna keep on doing that because number one i enjoy it and number two you guys seem to like it if you could this weekend or this week whenever you listen to the podcast just share with one person about the show that can be on social media that could be in person that could be at a family dinner whatever you want to do but you know, bringing it up in conversation is a really cool way for the podcast to spread. It's really the way that I want it to spread. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to pay for ads or something like that. I'm not going to push anything on anybody. I'm not going to even reward things with, um, I don't know, money or prizes or anything like that right now. Really what I want to focus on and what I really want the majority of the growth to be from is word of mouth, just growth by word of mouth and uh, referrals. That's really what I, I like and that's I think a good sign for any business or hobby is when it grows is based on that. So that would mean a lot if every one of you listening today could just share with one person in some capacity. Uh, just tell them, hey, go listen to the show if you feel like this could benefit somebody or this episode uh, would help somebody out with a question that they might have. Uh, let's get down to today's show. This one is a little bit about training, some different methods that you might not be thinking about, just what I'm experiencing on with my own training, really, a documentation type episode. And then also something similar with nutrition, where I've been, how you can prevent being where I've been, and what you should do in the same case that I've been in. A lot of documenting here, a lot of talking about my personal experience. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Triple F Podcast. And, you know, it's real embarrassing, guys, because last week I said, well, actually two weeks ago, I said, you know, good news. I thought I was getting sick, uh, and it turns out I fought it off. I, my immune system came back stronger, and, you know, I am 
I am better than this cold and everything like that. And well, the other day I woke up and I, well, let's you know paint the picture here in Austin, Texas right now. It is just pollen city right now. Like this is crazy. Pulled into work this morning actually, and our black asphalt parking lot at the office was yellow with all of the pollen that was on the ground. Like it was so crazy how much pollen is everywhere. And I don't really get allergies. I usually will get some kind of allergies in the late summer, like August, but it's never really like sniffly, stuffed head, need to take allergy medicine for. It's always just minor, um, some itching actually, and some sniffling. Uh, but this year, a few days ago, I kind of uh, felt like I was coming down with a little bit something, right? I was like, oh man, my nose is stuffed up. My throat is tickling a little bit. Uh, you know, and there's all this pollen on my car and floating in the air. And uh, I thought, man, the allergies are getting the better of me this year. You know, I thought, turns out I actually do get allergies and maybe, you know, they're coming early this year, but it's the spring season. It's allergy time. My nose is sniffling. Well, several well, I guess it was only a few days ago. Uh, it seemed to just be getting worse, and the, sn- the sniffling was getting worse and worse and worse, and I was getting more stuffed up. Man, I started coughing. Uh, I was thinking, I was like, oh no, this might not be allergies. This might actually be a virus. Bum, bum, bum. And I think of, you know, my. Some people get sick in different ways, I guess. Some people don't get sick at all, it seems like. Some people get sick a lot. You know, you know that person. Maybe you are that person who gets sick all the time. And I kind of get sick in a mix of the two ways. So I have every year what I like to call the big one. And, you know, it's very ominous. But really what it means to me is that I get one big cold that's just horribly miserable. And that's usually it for the year. Maybe I'll get one more minor one in the later year. But it's always in the summer. It's always in the late summer, usually around July or August. Um, I'll get one big cold that doesn't really make any sense. And usually used to be when I was younger, around when school would start, I'd start out the school year sick with a cold, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, And man, maybe now that I'm in Texas, the heat is confusing my body and I'm getting the big one early because I came down with something crazy this past week and was really, really fighting it. got that stuffy nose, the cough, all of that terrible stuff that is no fun to deal with. And, you know, the other night, even just laying in bed and you get those chills and you're just shaking up and down. I woke my wife up several times because I was just elbowing her in the shoulder over and over again because I was shaking so bad. You know, felt like I was having a seizure in bed or something like that. And just so cold and trying to figure out the cold. Well, I, I do feel better now. My you know, I'm on the verge of that cough all the time. You can probably hear I'm a little bit nasally and stuffed up. Um, I'll try to not sniff very much because as I mentioned in my past episodes, I hate when podcasters are sniffling while they're trying to record. Um, but it did get the better of me, I guess. You know, I spoke too soon a couple episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, and I talked about how I fought off the sickness and, you know, good, good for me and all that stuff. It turns out I, too can get sick and I did and uh, that's kind of what the first part of today's show is about it's going to be about nutrition and um, training I guess but you know really really want to talk about nutrition while you're sick or injured and what do you do with your calories with your macros with your choices 
uh, when you're sick. So everything about nutrition for the sick or injured. Well, you know, this is going to be obvious, but just like with anything that could go wrong in something like nutrition, the key thing is going to be to prevent if possible, right? If you can prevent the injury, that is the number one choice because then you don't have to worry about what to do when that actually happens. If you can prevent getting a cold, that's a way better option than figuring out what to do once you have the cold. So thing number one in your mind, if you're listening to this and you're not sick right now, or you're not injured, should be how do I prevent it, right? And if you're, if you're thinking about nutrition, you can't really do a lot to prevent injury. It's going to be a lot more in your training. But for the sickness side of things, be sure you're getting a lot of sleep, number one, right? That's going to prevent. Be sure you're drinking a lot of water. Be sure that you are eating a lot of micronutrients, so a lot of vegetables, uh, some fruit even, um, a lot of greens. Those kind of things are going to really help. Try to, you don't need to limit the sugar a lot, but just be sure you keep it under control. You're not going excessive with it. Uh, not a lot of alcohol. All these things are going to affect your, your immune system in some way, or at least, in the least case, going to affect your sleep, which is going to affect your immune system, right? So you wanna keep that thing top notch, your immune system, because you know the thing that can slow down your training, which, boy, did I figure out, you know, this was my first good training session about a week this morning, and that was mainly because I was fighting this off, and it takes a lot out of your body to be fighting off sickness all the time. Um, so I, I highly recommend putting the time, the money, the energy, whatever it takes into staying well if possible because not being well, being injured or sick can really really stall your progress over a long period of time, right? I think that the most important thing is consistent effort over time and doing something over and over and over and over again so you, you know, for years. And every time you skip a session, every time you are unable to do a session of training or you're not able to do your nutrition right that day, that all adds up, right? And you'd be surprised how much once a week adds up, right? That's 50 plus times a year that you're screwing up. If you skip, um, let's say only one session a month, you're still skipping 12 sessions a year. You know, you're still skipping uh, 60 sessions over the course of five years. And when you move up the numbers like that, it really puts things into perspective about how important each session really is and how important it is to stay healthy, to stay well. So number one should be to prevent if possible. Uh, if that's not possible, if you just became overcome with this like I was this past week, uh, your number one option is going to be to try to stick to what you're doing and act like the sickness never happened. That is always my top advice is to not let it set you back because it's going to take longer to get back on track if you're going way off of what you normally do. Um, so if you're normally trying to eat for muscle, right, and you're eating a lot, you're in a calorie surplus, and you have some days that are, you're sick, so you're eating next to nothing, that's way worse than eating a little bit too much in those days, right? And I would recommend still trying to hit your calories, at least at maintenance, um, and if you're eating in a diet, trying to lose fat, try to hit those calories and try to get to that point. Don't just start eating soup and crackers because you think that's sickness food, right? It's, it's important to try to get to those numbers. Now, me personally, I was a little bit under on all of my macros and calories on these sick days that I had. So uh, that turned out to be something I had to make up later, uh, which I can get into in a later episode. But 
I kind of stayed more around maintenance, I guess, in the past, and that's a good method too, but just be sure you're still paying attention to nutrition. I think the biggest mistake is totally throwing your hands up, turning yourself into sick mode or injured mode, and not taking anything with your nutrition into account. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all important. I would say if you're injured, especially, and also sick, eating more is better than eating less. You can always make up some ground um, over the next couple days or even the next few days after that injury subsides or that sickness leaves you. Um, it's always better to have a little bit more for recovery, for getting better, for supporting your body, for all those different things, um, especially if you want to include some more carb-heavy things like crackers, soup, power raids, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's my strategy that I like to do with training. Um, when you're injured, of course, you're going to have to train around it. You're going to have to train around the injury, and you're going to have to train uh, to rehab that injury. So you're going to have to balance that and make sure that you're focusing on both one in a good capacity. For training when you're sick, the struggle is just doing it, right? Because you are going to have good and bad sessions, and the only difference when you're sick is that you're going to have a few bad sessions in a row probably. But where the problem comes in is actually wanting to skip sessions because that's kind of what's tempting because you just don't feel very good. And, you know, a lot of times my strategy is whenever possible to push through it because the session that you are skipping, you know, I thought would be a big deal. And I would always say it's better to push through that, get your session in, no days off, no excuses, that kind of mindset. And that was typically what I thought and what my strategy was. However, I've kind of changed that recently and this year especially, and my strategy this big one, right, this cold, this sickness, was actually the opposite of that. So I decided it's going to do my body better to get the rest, right? I'm going to get the rest. I'm going to do some mobility work to prepare for the next session, uh, but what I really need is rest. I'm going to do that, and my, my philosophy, my reasoning here was that the day off is going to do my body my body better, but also my training session is going to be two, three, four, five times more effective than it would be if I was um, training while I was sick, right? And an effective training session, way better than an ineffective training session. So what I'm doing is normally I go two days on, one day off with my training. This time I'm just going to boost that a little bit. I'm going to go three days on, one day off. So today, tomorrow, and the next day, uh, I'm going to train, and I'll be right back on track the days by the time the middle of next week turn comes around, and I really won't have given up anything. Um, so that combined with a little extra calories because of the nutrition thing, I'll be right back on track, and in a few days, I won't even notice that I was sick, except for me trying to not cough while I'm recording this podcast, of course. So that is my strategies for training while you're injured or sick. Now, injuries are a lot trickier because of where they are as far as training is concerned. You, of course, need to focus on the rehab. Like Most of the time, you're better off pouring more volume into the half of your body that's not trained, meaning upper or lower, right? Not injured, I mean. So if your knee is injured, you're going to want to do more upper body volume. If your shoulder is hurt, you want to do more lower body volume just to keep that total training, training volume higher. Um, but to not stress that too much. But then you're also going to want to take the injured joint through full ranges of motion. That's also very important. One of the worst things I think you could do if you had a sore knee is to 
brace it up and keep it stiff. So full squats, full hinges, leg extensions, lunges, all these things are actually going to do your knee a lot of good if it's hurt. And same goes for any body part. If it's your shoulder, you know, doing some light work overhead, doing some work out in front, behind, rows, face pulls, lateral raises, the shoulder work isn't going to hurt it unless you actually tore your muscle. You know, if it's just a joint injury, you're going to be better off putting that through a whole range of motion. Excuse me. Fighting back that sickness cough. Woo! Anyways, that's going to be the training side of things. And, of course, you're going to have to rehab, do some physical therapy stuff, some band work. That's all going to be very important while you're trained. I better move on to the next question before I just start hacking into the microphone. So... Let's start talking about sets. All right, so the next topic I want to talk about is something I've been experiencing with my own training. Now, this is something kind of interesting to me. It's something that's been very enlightening in my own training, and that is experimenting with more sets. Doing more work, but not in the rep capacity. Doing more work in the set capacity. So... Let me paint a picture for you. You're doing bench press, right? And you're trying to do 30 total reps. Let's say you are planning on a... So you're trying to do 30 total reps. You're planning on doing a 5 by 6 okay? That's just a random thing I threw out. Let's say on that last set, you only get to uh, 4. Now, what do you do? What most people do is they're going to grind out the last two, right, because they want to hit that six, or they're going to stop completely. Now, my option to you, maybe what would be better, what I've been experiencing with lately, is actually going to be to just stop and then finish off in another set. And getting your total volume for the whole exercise in, but doing so in a way um, that is not really pushing failure that much. If you're talking RPE scales, you're not really ever pushing over an RPE 8 or RPE 9 even sometimes in those last sets. What you want to do is be okay with putting things back on the rack or in the rack or on the hooks, whatever you want to call it. Being okay with doing that like sub-failure. So if I'm planning on doing a certain amount of poundage for my squats and something's not feeling right, uh, you know, I can split that up into less reps because less reps feel better, do more sets. Or if I feel super good, I could even just do more sets because I feel so good, right? Instead of just doing a AMRAP at the end where I do as many reps as I can or I stop at four by 10, you know, who invented four by 10? Why does it have to be four sets of 10? Why can't it be 15 sets of 10 or 15 sets of three maybe is more realistic or 10 sets of four or nine sets of five, right? These things are something I've been experiencing with a lot lately in my own training. I've really been enjoying 12 sets of three, 14 sets of two. Like these are real numbers that I'm doing and man, I've been loving it and I've been loving it for really two reasons. The first one is that it really keeps you, it allows you to use heavy weight, keeps you away from failure, and um, allows you to get a lot of work in in the form of volume. And I guess that's three reasons separate right there, but I'm combining them into one. 
because it's really like going heavy, doing a lot of work, but not failing with it. Because a lot of times you try to do a heavy set of 10, you're gonna fail by number 10. You're not gonna be able to do more sets than one because you're so exhausted. Doing three reps isn't that taxing on your endurance. You're really not gonna be doing much uh, for your endurance capacity or even that higher rep <clears throat> hypertrophy standpoint. However, what really matters isn't that you're doing eight reps. What really matters is you're doing total volume, right? So if you do, you know, what's better? Two sets of five or one set of, set of 10? I would argue that it doesn't really matter. And the two sets of five is actually probably just as good or if, if not better, if you have the time to do it, right? And if you're maintaining good form and intensity throughout. There's a lot that goes into that. And there's a lot of different arguments back and forth on that. Uh, but I've really been liking the multiple set approach and keeping myself very shy of failure. I'm someone that'll push my bench press, for example, to the point where I have to be dumping the plates off each side of the of the bar. That's how hard I go uh, with my RPEs, which isn't good, right? And I know I have to lower that. So what I do is add more sets to get them a work in. I have thresholds, I have floors that I have to get above, and the point is to get them above without... Uh, failing and with keeping the sets a little higher and the reps a little bit lower. It's something I've been loving and it doesn't have to be, you know, low reps, like three reps, two reps, one rep, five reps. That doesn't have to be only for powerlifters. You can get a lot of total volume in, right? You can get 40 reps of an exercise in without doing four sets of 10. You could do 10 sets of four, go a lot heavier. Uh, each, you know, you're not going to have much of the pump doing it that way, but you will have some. You're just really focusing on strength. And the other thing I really like with it, number two, is that it's so much practice on movements. If you want to get stronger on something, if you want to get better at something, do more of it, right? If I want to get to be a better front squatter, which is one of my goals right now, a front squat, and one of the best ways to do that is to front squat more. Now, the person, who do you think has more practice under the bar, right? The person that does three sets of 10 front squats one day a week, <clears throat> or the person that does 14 sets of two one day a week. It's going to be the person that gets in and out of the bar 14 times in their workout, right? The person that's doing a lot of sets, a lot of work, a lot of repetitions, yes, actually the same amount as the other person, uh, but it's going to be more more repetition of how you'd actually do that movement in a competition, I guess. So that's something I've been experiencing with, just a quick little thought here. I'm going to have more on this. I'm going to report on this later, but it's something I would experience with trying. If you are planning on doing three sets of dumbbell incline press, my challenge to you this week is try to do six sets. If you need to lower the weight, that's okay. If you need to lower the reps, that's okay. Uh, try to keep it around a similar RPE the whole time. So what I like to do is warm up for th there I did. I just sniffed in the podcast microphone. I'm so sorry. What I like to do anyways I like to warm up three to four sets of warm up. I know that's a lot, but that's what I like to do. Uh, so two sets of 10, two sets of eight, for example, that's RPE like four. And then you're gonna go, and RPE, just so you guys know, is rate of perceived exertion, which means I have like six reps left in the tank uh, with an RPE four. And above that, after that, I'm gonna do um, my working sets, which are gonna be like RPE six or seven, which means I have three or four reps left in the tank. And then usually I finish off each movement with a top end set or two, which is like RPE nine, which means like really close to failure, really heavy. 
Normally that means by the end of my 8 to 10, maybe 5, 5 to 10 is more re- realistic working sets. That normally means I'm going to do uh, probably just up 5 to 10 pounds because it's going to be some fatigue settling in already. That's something to experiment with, a little challenge for you. I'm probably going to sign off for the podcast for today. I don't know if you can hear it, but kind of struggling with the voice thing. Next week, I don't want to curse myself, but I'll be good to go. But I want to get this podcast out, talk about this multiple set thing. Maybe I'll even talk about it next week uh, to give you guys more info and more outlined thoughts on it and the benefits of it. But just something to experiment with. More time under the bar, more setup, more takedown, more the same volume and heavier weight. So I guess in theory that's more volume technically if you're talking about total volume. Uh, but same same reps time sets, just in a different format. It's a great structure to use, great experiment that I recommend trying. And that's also what you do if you're sick or injured, which apparently I'm not done being sick yet because I'm struggling here on the podcast. But, you know, talking for 30 minutes will do that for you. Uh, and, you know, I, I switch into like this radio voice when I do the podcast. I don't actually talk like this all the time. I talk normal, but I get really energetic and like, uh, announcer-ish when I do my podcast, so that could be part of it why I'm experiencing that cough. It's more of a throaty voice than I actually talk with, uh, more of like a soft-spoken guy, if you believe that. So that's it for today. I'm going to sign off from the podcast for right now, and uh, just some little thoughts to go with you for this week. Thanks for listening and for supporting the show and for doing that one share this weekend or this week. I appreciate that. I'll be back full force next week, knock on wood. If you have any questions, reach out to me through Instagram at StoltzFit. I will write that in the description of the podcast so you can see where to send your questions. And see you later, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.